0: It's Talking Football with Rob Daniels and Vince Tracy. Talking Football. A very good day to all our football pundits and fans and everybody else who joins us on the podcast today. 27th of April 2023. Okay, down in the southeast of Spain, absolutely glorious. Uh, It's not too hot. Uh, i've just been doing my training so yeah it's a bit sticky but uh when they do eventually <laughs> turn the water back on i promise to get a bath uh anyway let's go to the west and around about um an hour driving sensibly i should find rob and i should find similar weather so good morning to you rob and what's your weather like
1: yeah good morning vince uh good morning everybody It's beautiful down here, Vince. Um, As you say, it's
0: it's still not too hot, um,
1: but if you go out in the sun, it is quite warm. Um, But yeah, it's it's a beautiful spring day, all the flowers are out and everything like that, everything's blooming, and we're getting right to the business end of the uh, football season, aren't we? So uh, yeah, plenty to talk about.
0: Yeah. Okay, well we start off today with something which is not... Anything other than uh, looking at a situation where uh, more than 100 Muslims took to the Trammy Rovers football pitch to perform the Eyed Al-Fitr prayers, which marked the end of Ramadan. Now, nobody should really have a, a problem with that. Um, I played at Prenton Park uh, on a number of occasions. I remember taking penalties. ...against um, uh, the Everton goalkeeper... ...I think it was Neville Southall actually... ...that uh, was in goal that particular day... Um, ...and uh, you know it it was a great experience... Um, ...Mickey Finn took penalties against me... Uh, ...I had my Vince the Prince outfit on... ...and you know of course part of growing up and all that... ...anyway we're talking about the holy month of fasting... ...where Muslims fast from dawn until sunset daily... Uh, And it came to an end. And, of course, there they were. And probably the first time they've ever been to Tramiro was any of the 100 I would imagine has never been there. So I really am questioning um, why did they do it? Because, um, you know, they were never doing anything like that when I was there. They didn't do any Christian things either. So let's get the record straight. Um, But... I actually think that what we're seeing is a number of different ways they're trying to use football uh, and politicise. And I think, quite honestly, we see it by suddenly, you know, some of the Premiership players have got to go off and have water and uh, the fasting halfway through, you know. I mean, let's be honest about it. These things should be private. It's like my religion's private. I keep I keep what I think mainly to myself. Um, when somebody wants a deep discussion, we'll get down and, uh, and we'll do that. But um, I don't really, um, I don't really like the, to see football being used as a political tool, which is being do, done all the time. The ladies' football—that's coming from America. Let's not be beaten around the bush. The Americans. I've always wanted um, football, but they can't have it because the only way they can get it is through the football, through the ladies. Because the men have got their own game. And so, um, you know, now we're bombarded with these wonderful adverts telling us that we've all got to watch the ladies' Premier League. No, we haven't. Now we're being bombarded with the fact that, you know, all the Muslims have got to go to the football matches to say the prayers. No, they haven't. Go and use the normal place you you pray. You know, I don't understand, but I do understand, if you know what I mean, Rob.
1: Right, well, um, as far as I know, Tramia Rovers has got quite a large Muslim following. Um, Tr- Tramia Rovers' uh, nickname is the Super White, and the uh, Muslim following call themselves the Super White Rags for some reason. Um, but yes, uh, they did go to the Tramia Rovers' ground and um, celebrated something to do with the end of Ramadan. Um, because it, it, go, it, went, it finished, I think, uh, about a week ago, didn't it? Yeah. Um, the, it, yeah, it's their month of fasting. It's very similar to Lent in the Christian So, do, did, the,
0: did the Christians all go and use the pitch to, to pray? And, uh, you know, do we have a section of the football supporters clubs that uh, are saying the Christian... I mean, I've never heard of anything like this. So, usually, when something is like an initiative, it's because of a reason. So, I'm not going to de- develop it too much, but all I'm going to say is, if you didn't see it... No. I thought it was bizarre. Um I thought the penalty box looked very crowded and we'll move on. <laughs> yeah,
1: but if if I, if I, if I could just possibly mention Vince because well, I was looking into this a little bit. No, nothing about Tramiro Rovers particularly. But uh, about this midweek, uh, mid-game um breaks taking place. They uh, this season I wasn't aware of this until I actually started looking into it. But they um this season the English Football League have decided or did decide that uh, they would have breaks if both teams agreed be- before the match started so that the muslim players could uh, take a liquid break because they are supposed to eat between dawn and dusk but they're out to drink liquids um and i also found out from uh, a, well, a website which is got it's called power league um, it's and it's a ukraine website but it's from a doctor who's based in uh, dubai so obviously he's going to be a bit biased and he said uh, and he says he's called uh dr J- javid shah is called and he's actually an expert in the uh, sporting uh, he's, a, he's a medical expert in sports and training in a fastest state is actually um, supposed to ben- be beneficial to your um yes. physical yeah yeah um yeah so it's yeah so they, they fast for the, for the month it's their um what they do but, um, yeah, it isn't supposed to be particularly bad for you. Uh, look, look, the look, look, Christians fast, don't they?
0: Yeah, my, my point is not really having a go at religion, because whatever um, a devoted, uh, devout Muslim would like to do is fine by me. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, just yeah. that, you know, you don't see hockey suddenly being invaded by the Muslim faith. You don't see judo-mats. It's, 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 it's Hindus who play hockey, isn't it? <laughs> Well, I mean, look, come on, uh, you, you don't see the judo match suddenly being invaded uh, during the tournaments, and everybody having all this attention to, uh, you know. I mean, it, it, it's just something to keep at the back of our minds as we well, look. This is another
1: thing, Vince. Was there actually a match being played? I don't um, think after so. After they'd done this, or, or was it? Oh, so the ground was empty.
0: So they I, I, it was a I think change. so. Yeah. And uh, I mean, realistically, I don't know why they couldn't have done it in the stands. Quite honestly, I should think there's, uh, you know, probably, well, uh, maybe not comfortable, but never mind. Um, Or in the car park. Uh, Anyway, uh, let's go to um, the successful uh, teams, Wrexham, Burnley and Sheffield United. Well done to all of those who are now promoted. Let me just tell you that there is a movement afoot to try and get Gareth Bale to play for Wrexham for just one more season. Um, The two American superstars are trying to get him to do that. Um, I don't know whether or not he's going to actually uh, change his faith and maybe go on the pitch at half-time and pray to whatever he's going to be praying to. But, um, I mean, the whole thing's just becoming bizarre. But having said that, well done to Wrexham. Well Mm. done uh, to Burnley with um, Vincent Company. I mean, he's done a great job there. But they were always a good team, weren't they?
1: Oh, Burnley are one of the uh, great teams, aren't they, of, uh, of all time in football. Yeah. And, um, yeah, with Vincent Copley um, in charge, they were the first team. Well, they, they went up, uh, I think they're going to be winners. I, th- I think they're actually going to win the uh, championship, but they're already promoted. Um, Sheffield United got promoted yesterday um, in the second automatic place. And now, as you look down the championship table... It more or less goes down to mid-table. They've only got two matches left. They've got to play 40, 46 matches, and they've all played 44. And it can go down to mid-table. Who can get into the uh, playoff positions and things like that? So the championship's looking very interesting. Um, Wrexham, yeah, it is be- it's, It is becoming like a Hollywood um, soap opera, isn't it, really? Yeah. Uh, I've got. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a brilliant story. But uh, Gareth Bale, if he plays for nothing, fair enough. Yeah, if he if he if Gareth Bale like certain players, uh, uh, Etchoubaire, for example, who uh, played for I think Real. he played his last season for Real. Bilbao without taking any wages, and the wages he was going to take, he, he um, donated to charities for poor people and things. Brilliant. Oh yeah, no, yeah, the, yeah. There are some decent people. Yeah. But if Gareth Bale plays for nothing or, or, or pays to play for them or something and donates the money to charities, fair enough. But uh, yeah, it is becoming a bit of a Hollywood farce, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And uh, Forest Green Rovers, just uh, so that listeners know, and and you know Vince, if you haven't heard, Forest Green Rovers, who were in League One, have been uh, uh, relegated to League Two. I think that was last night as well. After they played and it's the first team in the English Football League to actually be relegated. Great.
0: So they can all go and drive their electric cars in Division 2 and park them on the car park and get their couple of hundred miles, which uh, should take them from A to B. And then they can stick them in in the plug again when they get home and all that sort of stuff. So anyway, uh, I'm being a bit political, so uh, I'll go straight to a very, very tragic story. Uh, I I really, when I saw this one, I thought how sad and how we must warn anybody listening of the dangers of having your drink spiked. So uh, tell us about this former Arsenal uh, Academy star and uh, what actually happened to this poor lad.
1: Right, Vince, this is one of the...
0: uh one of the worst ones I think we covered and uh, we, we
1: do cover all of the tragic things don't we, that happen within football but this isn't actually football related but it relates to um, a footballer or an ex-footballer um, who was at, at the Arsenal Academy he's uh, called Daniel Kane he's now uh, 23 years old and he was on a night out with some friends in uh, 2020 um, and somebody spiked his drink um, which if Anybody who doesn't know what spiking somebody's drink is. It means basically putting some kind of poison or drug or something in in somebody else's drink, and they drink it without realising. And um, it, but basically, what has happened to this young lad is somebody spiked his drink. We don't know why. Um, nobody seems to know who, who did it or why. But this is really this is one of the worst things you can do to somebody else, isn't it, Vince? Basically, yeah. It's yeah. It's what it's one of the worst things. It's something that I feel very strongly about against. Um, because I know people it's happened to um, but anyway he was in a coma for 25 days and um, the doctors didn't even didn't think he was going to survive and um, he did and when he came around after 25 days in a coma um they thought he was going to be completely like vegetized um, in a vegetable state but the nurses realized that his eyes were following them around the room so they realised, and one of the nurses actually said, "There's someone in there." Now that is a really heavy thing to say, isn't it? There's still someone in there, but this poor lad now is 23 years old. He needs 24 hours a day care. Um, he can't do anything for himself. He can, he's he's paralysed from the neck down, and um, just because somebody decided that they were going to put some kind of poisonous substance in his drink,
0: evil person. Oh,
1: Absolutely, it's like something, uh yeah, Vince. And you know, it's like something I feel really strongly about because anybody, it, this must happen throughout the world, but uh, especially in the holiday areas and things like that. Now, this wasn't in a holiday area, but you have to be very careful, especially uh, any women listeners, for example, because somebody puts something in your drink and then half an hour later you, they, they can do whatever they want. And it's it's absolutely dreadful. And, and time to a young lad like that and to the state is in at the moment he's not likely to recover either of that's the problem is he's, he's not likely to get any uh particular movement back or anything he's he's, he's going to be like that for the rest of his life and it's it's absolutely it's just, it's, it's disgusting isn't it
0: well uh, you know uh, it's for me it's got to be the work of the devil uh whatever devil you believe in i just can't believe that you'd want to do that to another human being and especially yeah. it must be jealousy related i would imagine um but you know let's let's not conjecture. Uh, let let me go back to yeah. nicer things and wish that young mm. man all the very best for the future um and there's a, a comment he's, got, with- he's
1: got lots he's got lots of support actually uh, vince uh, uh, support if you like family support and things like that but also um that uh, everyone in the football world who's sort of heard about this um are sort of giving him their support if you like in this um prayers and best wishes
0: kind of idea yeah. but yeah we all hate it we all hate it don't we well god you know I, I i just hope whatever can be done to help him get back on track let's hope it works um, yeah, that sounds- another comment from the wrexham success uh, which i picked up somebody called paul wrote uh see plenty of uh fans of plenty of clubs who moan about owners that don't care now this is absolutely right Uh, But then he goes on to say Reynolds and McElhinney are rich, sure, but they're also clearly caring about the club. And the community they've become a part of, and they and that club deserve success. And I've got to say that is absolutely spot on. I've looked at these two guys. I've followed the um, series on Netflix, which I was most enjoyable. Um, I saw the you know the the things that were happening when they took on Paul Mullin, uh, the striker. Uh, who's made such a great impact for the club. And uh, because, basically, they used to always come up to Tramia uh, when I was a, a lad and, uh, you know, I'd stand on the cop at Tramia uh, along with the other three or four people. And, <laughs> you know, we, we'd enjoy um, Wrexham as a club. So welcome back.
1: <laughs> is, it, is 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 that is that when the... Uh...
0: The announcer used to
1: to give the names of the crowd to the players.
0: Well, we actually, yeah, we we actually had uh, the, the, I think, the first black footballer in the Football League at Tramia. Uh, We had a guy called Lonnie Oniali. um, And if he wasn't the very first, he was one of the very first. And, uh, you know, uh, the banter was always there. I would imagine there was always the odd idiot that shouted something that was probably a bit offensive. Um, But it was probably done in the right spirit because I think everybody loved that guy. And we also had another, uh, I don't regard these people as black people, by the way, um, but we had somebody who, going by today's standards, uh, was a goalkeeper called George Payne. And I, uh, many years after, you know, watching him play his football, I was absolutely thrilled to meet him in a little kiosk. Uh, that he was running and selling sweets and cigarettes and things like that from, um, you know, uh, you know, it just reminded me just how dreadful they've allowed this uh, alleged racism to become because uh, as a young man uh, out doing my job, I couldn't have had a nicer day meeting George Payne who used to play in golf for Trammy Rovers. I was delighted, you know, um, just, uh, it's, it's so annoying the way people at the moment can't see through being politicised as we are, which is why we mentioned one or two of the things that uh, we're going to talk about. Um, the last mm-hmm. one, probably for today, because we've got stacks of football to get through, is the right. Manchester United and Man City badges. Uh, so oh, tell us what's happened there, Rob, because uh, we, I, I first found an article published in The Guardian which was claiming that the ships shown on the respective badges have nothing to do with football um, and instead had their ties with how the city made its money in the 19th century. Well, that's what a badge of honour, you know, you'd half expect it to do that because, you know, the origins of the city would have come before football coming to the city. I think most people would understand that. Um, Take us through what's happened since then, Rob.
1: Right, Vince, well This is uh, the fact that Manchester City and Manchester United, um, on their badges, they both have um, an emblem. It's not—it's not so obvious on the Man United one, um, but of um, a sailing ship. It's a ship with three sails, um, and that—that that is a, that, that they've been their badges for uh, a long time now. But what they're trying to make out certain people, uh, certain elements of society is that this is somehow linked to slavery and racism, um, which it isn't at all. As you say, it's got nothing to do with that. Um, I didn't realise until I started looking into this, Vince, actually, because Manchester, uh, I thought, was inland. But it is, but it's a a port because it's got an estuary going. It's the Manchester Ship Canal. And it was the third largest port um, in the United Kingdom, which I think the first one was Liverpool probably, and Hull being over my side, probably the other two. And it was um, a, a port that in, in, imported and exported um, well, goods because the you what?
0: Maybe, yeah, maybe it's called for lo- the cotton lo- trade. But
1: what, the, the cotton, exactly, it's all to do with the cotton trade. Um, but the people of Manchester, um, the cotton trade, cotton was picked in uh, Africa and throughout the British British Empire, should we say, because it was the British who were doing it really, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but it was, it was picked basically by slaves and Manchester was the centre of the cotton industry, wasn't it? And Yorkshire was, I think, the centre of the wool industry and uh, Lancashire was the centre of the cotton industry. And when people, working people of Manchester in those days, we're talking about the 1800s now, found out that the, the things they were the, making into clothes and turning into cloth and things were actually being picked by slaves. Um, a lot of them refused to work. And we're talking about very poor people in very hard times and they would prefer to go hungry than um, work with products that are being picked by slaves so manchester itself has been anti-slavery um it's one of the first places like Hull, probably one of the first manchester then liverpool all these places when you when people found out about slavery then in manchester a lot of them refused to work and they've got these on their badges because it is a port city.
0: Well, of course, has got yeah.
1: nothing to do. It's got nothing to do with slavery at well, all. Well, let's
0: go to this uh, Simon Hottenstone, uh, who, who is obviously a bit of a muckraker, uh, who's a journalist, and uh, you know he's sparking the debate. Uh, big on you, mate, because basically you're now creating more problems that don't really exist. Because quite honestly, not many people would investigate the origins of the football badge, uh, particularly because they're not interested in it. You're making the problem, mate. So um, you know, I, I'm not very happy with this particular guy. Do we know anything about him? Is he a fan? Um,
1: I'm not sure. He he, he's a guard, he he writes for the Guardian, and the 60. He's from Salford, Actually, he's, uh, he, so he's from Manchester. But Salford is where the, the dot was um, in the port of Manchester. Um, so he he, he's, he must be, he's a local bloke from around there. He uh, he looks to me, I've seen photographs of him, I don't really know much about him, but I've seen photographs and he looks like he's got a bit of a touch in him. But, uh, but so what? I mean, uh, it doesn't matter. But yeah, making make problems where they shouldn't exist and making these sort of stories up that, Oh, both of these football teams are racist because, because they've got a ship on their, their on their badge when they come from a port city. It's just ridiculous, isn't it, Vince? It's just, yeah, as you say, make it, it's making problems where problems don't exist. Yeah.
0: Uh, OK, well, look, uh, we've got uh, we've got that one out of the way. So uh, let's have a little look next then at uh, some of the great football that's been going on, nonetheless than the FA Cup semi-finals, which uh, I thought were quite compelling, actually, weren't they?
1: Oh yes, the FA Cup semi-finals uh, were well worth it, worth the events, uh, and this was last, well, last Saturday and last Sunday, we had the FA Cup semi-finals, played at Wembley, in um, the first one, it was uh, Manchester City against Sheffield United, who we've just mentioned, Sheffield United is going to get promoted automatically to the Premier League, they played against Man City, 3-0 to Man City, because um, Man City at the moment are absolutely on they're on the ball completely well,
0: they've just but the been, second one they've just beaten Arsenal so Sheffield United I watched that game I think you can hold your heads up high I thought you you did very well actually
1: oh yes yeah, yeah. I mean Sheffield United uh, played well it's just they were playing Manchester City yeah and Manchester City you know, like the on-form team oh no there's no, no Sheffield United hold their heads up high they got there in the first place and now they're going to the Premier League again so yeah um, and I thought it was a good match but the second match was on sunday and it was brighton against man united again at wembley and it ended up nil uh, 0 at the end of uh, full time went to extra time still nil 0 went to penalties and man united won it's seven six on penalties so it's going to be an all-manchester final um i think it's on the 26th of may i think it is um, but we will obviously inform everybody when we when we've got more details. That the penalty shootout um, was really really um, exciting, and uh, but it's, it's it's strange enough. It's the first time that it's been an all Manchester final in the FA Cup. After all the years it's been going on for 120 odd years or whatever, it's the first time that two Manchester teams have faced each other. So um, that should be a, that should be especially if you're neutral.
0: That should be a good one yeah uh, very interesting by the way i'm going to go back to john hatton's uh, simon hattonstone for a minute i uh, grew mm-hmm. up in a, a jewish family severely ill with encephal, uh, encephalitis uh became an ambassador for the encephalitis um, society studied over with your lot at leeds university and trained to be a teacher. Um, and uh, he is actually a die-hard Manchester City supporter. So I think unwittingly he's maybe uh, not realised that you know he, maybe he shouldn't have done this. Um, I, I don't think it's going to develop anyway. So uh, because I think that... oh no no,
1: but both both teams have made official statements. Vince, uh, uh, both Manchester United and Manchester City have both made official statements saying that they're not going to change their badge um why should they and yeah. they were they this idea of this B thing that uh represents the manchester bombings which i'm fully in support of uh, against the manchester bombings and uh, in support of this B symbol that they have to represent it yeah um are also not really d- not, didn't want to be involved in the uh football team's badges because it's not football related and um yet yeah, so both teams have decided officially not to do it and uh yeah, starting in teacup really, and uh, yeah, he tra- trained at ooh, Leeds University.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, okay. the, all the
1: best people went there, didn't
0: they? <laughs> uh, yeah, anything to get in on the act. Anyway, we'll uh, let's go to your yeah. <laughs> your uh, La Liga. So we'll have a roundup of what's happening because basically there's so much the so many things happening at the moment that uh, if we're not careful we'll forget your La Liga. So here we go, Rob. <laughs> La Liga roundup round up with Rob, Rob
1: Daniels. Daniels. Over to you, then, Rob. Right, Vince, well, La Liga also had mid- midweek fixtures, and there are two matches tonight actually. In Valencia are playing tonight against Valladolid, um, and but at the weekend, the first matches um where we are at the moment in the standings they've all played between 31 and 30 matches of the 38 match season and Barcelona at the top 31 um on 76 points Real Ridge 31 with 65 um so it's quite a big drop there but there's still plenty of games to play for but they both lost their last two matches then Athletic Madrid Real Sociedad Real Betis Villarreal I think and going down the the list when we get to the bottom um which is the local club to where i live as everybody knows they've lost their last five on a bounce um they're gonna go getting relegated there's no they're not mathematically at the moment but they they resigned to it but the team haven't given up um entertaining their fans um but they've played 31 matches they've got 13 points with a goal difference of minus 42. so their fans have seen a lot of goals that going into their own net um but they they the loyal fans uh, they not they'll they'll go and watch them whichever division they're in. But then Valencia, Espanol in the nineteenth position, Valencia who were playing tonight against Violet, uh, managed to win at the weekend and they could get out of the relegation zone if they beat Violet tonight. But at the bottom, at the very similar to the Premier League, um there are half a dozen teams at least who are all in the relegation battle. And um, well, we we'll just have to hope that Valencia get out of it because a team, that is very local to us, and we both know lots of people there, don't we? We do indeed. So, yeah, yeah. So anyway, well, we've got matches coming up, uh, starting again. There's two matches tonight. Well,
0: let me let me um, let me just quickly add in one thing. We've just been talking about badges, uh, yeah. and basically, I wore my Valencia football shirt out the other week. And a little boy with his dad in the supermarket noticed it. And his dad started talking to me. And we were both looking at the fact that Valencia are being let down by a manager who lives abroad. And that connects three little dots in things that we talk about. Um, The importance of the badge. Of course, it is important to those that follow the football team. Uh, But the importance of remembering that it's a badge. It's it's representing something, but it's not necessarily trying to give you um, a political message. That's the, that's certainly one thing.
1: Yes, and uh, what they actually call the uh, football badge in Spain they call it the uh, escudo, which is the um, the shield. And if you if you look at football badges. Um, a lot of them are in the shape, in sort of shape of a shield but that's what they call it el um, escudo in, in mm-hmm. Spanish and um, yes if Valencia go down because there's been a lot of talk about this if Valencia do get relegated then this Peter Lim the uh, Malaysian guy who owns them at the moment in, and isn't interested in the club at all um, he will probably then sell them because there'll be no got in it for him if he's if he's the owner of a second division team and they'll have to start again from scratch with new owners, but and that and that is what a lot of Valencia fans are hoping is that Peter Lim will eventually sell the club to people who actually care.
0: And and um, and, and again, Rob, you know, just talking about things that are everyday situations. I drove pr- past the ground yesterday, which looks pristine. It looks, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the training ground. Um, which looks pristine and it needs mm. to be used and it needs the city uh, to to embrace it because lots going on there, you know, so we're, we're talking about numbers of things which all link in um, people going, we, we were talking about this before we started the podcast, people out in the street, you go past somebody uh, if you see somebody with Manchester United badge on you think, oh, w- w- naughty word and you, you know, and you walk past child abuse or something like that, um, so Somebody with a Liverpool shirt on, obviously, uh, heartily endorse them. You might not, you might not like the person in any other part of their life, but I mean, these are light-hearted gestures of uh, people who have got an interest in their life and i do think that um y- you know people should not take these things uh too lightly and uh, i know we certainly don't the reason why we put no. the other no. parts of society into the podcast is that football is a part of society society is not really the bigger, uh, is not the smaller thing. Football is part of society. Please remember that. Um, We've got Everton playing. I agree. And
1: also, it's a brilliant way of meeting people, isn't it Vince? It's something we've all got in common. Yeah. And um, yeah, as long as you're not particularly radical um, against one team, against another You can all have a chat about it and you you can all get on. It's it's a great social activity.
0: Absolutely right. Uh, Tonight's games, by the way, uh, there's a big game at the top of the Premier League. Uh, Tottenham playing Manchester United. Now, Tottenham have got a big, big job on. They've got, uh, obviously, managerial problems. They've got problems on the pitch. Can they beat Manchester United? Give us a prediction quickly. Um, I don't think they can win. So I think uh, Spurs
1: are. Uh, they drop right down, haven't they? They're, I think Man United should do it. I'd say 3, three 1.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to say uh, because they've got to do something soon, I think they could get a draw tonight. And Manchester United. I've got other fish to fry. So, uh, you know, I know they shouldn't, Robert. I, you, your face is telling me that you think I'm off the wall, but, uh, you know. It... No,
1: no, no, I, I, I can see where you're going with the draw, but Spurs at the moment, they're, they're farmers. It, they, we, we've always talked throughout the whole season, like everybody else has, it's, it's which Spurs team turns up. But the last few matches, it's like the worst Spurs teams have turned up. So, yeah, um, but I'll, I'll go for 3-1. You're going to go for a draw, yeah?
0: OK, so uh, what about, um, you've got Bournemouth playing Southampton. Give us your prediction.
1: Bournemouth are more or less safer, aren't they? And we're playing them at the weekend. Um, Southampton are now being, they're, they're, they're sort of dropping off, their bottom of the table at the moment, and they're not cut adrift yet, but I can't see Southampton doing anything really, and I think Bournemouth are right on it. And uh, I can see this being 2-0 uh, to Bournemouth.
0: Right. And there's one other game. Everton languishing. I don't want them to go down. They are one of football's great teams. Uh, so uh, great traditions, of course. Um, give us your score. Everton, Newcastle.
1: Newcastle um, are quite well. They, they are in the Champions League position. At the moment. They're looking quite comfortable there at the moment. And Everton really need the points but I would prefer Newcastle to win because it's close to where I come from and also because if I were to win they'll go above Leeds and we'll, we'll be a position less so I'll, I'll say Newcastle is
0: 2-1. Okay I say 3-1 by the way. Um, yeah. you, just refresh my mem- memory Spurs against Manchester United you think? Uh, I'll put it down to 3-1. 3-1. Okay well we've got some qu- quickly we've got uh, some midweek games to review from la- last night. So uh, take us through those Leeds and Leicester. They they started the week off on the Tuesday. Um I think I'm bringing you some nightmares uh, to remember as Patrick Banford should really have had it in the net for a 2-1 to Leeds as the, as it was it was 1-1. Uh, you must be disappointed with that result. Um, disappointed is probably an understatement of Vince. Uh,
1: if you'd have, if you'd have heard me um, <laughs> Shouting at the screen, um, it's not the kind of language you would hear in my English lessons, let's put it that way. The air was turning blue. Um, when because Patrick Bamford at Leeds went ahead in the first half, uh, Sinisteri got a goal in for Leeds. Then Jamie Vardy, of all people, I mean, I like Jamie Vardy as a player, but I didn't want him to score the equaliser against Leeds. Brought it back to 1-1. But then Patrick Bamford, uh, Leeds player, he missed an open goal. And this is being called, a, it's called a sitter of the season. Um, it's the it's the, uh, a sitter, if anyone doesn't know what a sitter is. It's, one, it's a goal that you should get in. Anybody could get in. And somehow he managed to miss it. And it was an open goal. And it's had millions of views on YouTube and things like that. If anybody hasn't seen it, um, it's in, virtually impossible how he didn't get in. But he didn't. And we ended up with one point, one point each. It doesn't do any either. It doesn't do Leicester any favours either, to be honest. And uh, well, Forest, I, I was, Yeah, I was very upset for that. I was upset. I was annoyed about that.
0: Yeah. Well, of course, Nottingham Forest did themselves a, a great deal of good last night. Um, yeah. Funny enough, I, I sort of uh, thought that they might scratch a draw against Brighton, but they beat them three-one. I mean, that's quite a victory for Nottingham Forest, isn't it?
1: Forest are fighting. That's uh, one of the things that uh, you've got to say for Forrest, is Forest are fighting and uh, as b- uh, Bournemouth are, and it looks like Bournemouth are going to save themselves, but um, Leeds and Leicester aren't, it's like it's like who's got the b- most fight really, isn't it, most spirit and I think not even Forrest will probably save themselves and uh, yeah 3-1 was up against Brighton last night, not good for Brighton, very good for Forrest.
0: Brighton have got games in hand at the top so I don't Mm. think it's the end of the road or anything like that Uh, but they've got some very interesting games they've got to play Liverpool they've got to play Manchester City so uh, that will be certainly very interesting as we go to uh, Wolves and um, they had a very reasonable 2-0 win against Crystal Palace so they've done themselves a favour as well haven't they? Yes now um,
1: Wolves we're also in a very bad situation um, earlier on in the season, but uh, with the, the in charge, they've actually got themselves up. They're, they're in the bottom half. They're, they're both uh, more or less neck and neck, I think, uh, Wolves and Palace at the moment. But they're they're more or less safe numerically. They're not safe, but they are in the comfortable zone. Um, whereas uh, two or three months ago, we said, "Well, Wolves are candidates to go down," and uh, so yeah, it was a good result for uh, Wolves and. Uh, yeah,
0: Wolves look like they're going to be safe, to be honest, I think. OK. Uh, now, Chelsea's woes continue because I did think Brentford were going to give them a problem or two. They are a difficult team Uh, to beat but uh, you know 2-0 down and the booze ringing in uh, the ears of Frank Lampard Uh, I mean uh, you know Frank's heart is on his sleeve there's no way that he would would enjoy uh, his team losing whoever they're playing but um, he's not having much success at the moment is he no no,
1: now Chelsea having a a terrible season aren't they Um, I mean the Frank Lampard is the third manager so far this season and uh, he is Chelsea through and through and um, as everybody knows I, I I think Frank Lampard is a player, he was an excellent player but then he he was a captain on one of these uh, TV sports um, quiz kind of programmes and you saw what kind of person he's like as, a, as a, in his in real life and he's a nice bloke but his record, his management record is absolutely dreadful. In the last 19 matches Frank Lampard is, as, as a manager um 19 matches he's won one he's drawn two and he's lost 16 Mm. and that is not a good record is it he's too nice he hasn't been oh yeah yeah i I, I think he
0: he, and he's not yeah he's not hard enough i don't think um i mean uh, nobody doubts his his football ability because he was a wonderful player Uh, But it's like a lot of things. You don't automatically become a good manager because you've been a great player. Um, So that one will run a bit as we go to um, Aston Villa. Now, you see, they're becoming a surprise package because they could well be in for a European place. They're up at the top. They got a win against Fulham last night. It was only 1-0, but uh, it was still a good win, wasn't it? Oh,
1: Aston Villa um the way they've turned their season around since Unai Emery came in and it was Steven Gerrard wasn't it unfortunately uh for Steven Gerrard who was the manager of the Aston Villa before and they were right down to the bottom end of the table and there wasn't a relegation battle going on then but they were candidates and now Aston Villa under Unai Emery are in fifth position and it's a remarkable turnaround in their last five matches they've won four and drawn one and they are after European place. They're in fifth, which is the Europa League place. They're one one place above you, actually, Vince, at the moment. So, so
0: and we have to play yeah. them.
1: Yes. So yes, it indeed. all gets yeah, very, yeah, yeah.
0: it gets very interesting. And of course, when he puts his team sheet up, he, he always uses Emery paper. Apparently, so uh, for those that are learning <laughs> English, look that one up. As we have a look at the big one, Man City played Arsenal I think we both secretly knew uh, what the score would be I thought it would be a bit closer 2-1 I was my my own prediction uh, we didn't discuss this because we were busy um, looking at so many other things but um, Man City comprehensive win 3-0 well 4 one Man City Man City 4 Arsenal 1 beg your pardon I was what? obviously right you know I got in very late last night so uh, obviously I, uh, that was a fairly late it, finish yeah, oh yeah, it was, it was it was last night's match, and
1: well, um, we I think we all understand there's so much football going on, Vincent. We can't follow everything, can you, we? You can't. But no, um, but it ended up as four-one to uh, Man City. Kevin De Bruyne got two in. John Stones got one in. Uh, Harlan got one in. The last one in ninety plus five, just basically to showboat. Um, but it, it was a good goal, and he, he, he's absolutely fantastic. i would really like to see him play live, but it looks. Man City have now got two um, two games in hand over Arsenal, and they I think they're two points behind. When we look at the uh, predictions, I've got the uh, yeah. Premier League, so but but yeah, it was a convincing victory. And Arsenal, as we mentioned last week, and then you look at remember from last week, it looks like they're bottling it.
0: Liverpool were visiting West Ham um I was caught between more um family stuff and saw saw the last four, 40 minutes I think but um the, the controversy ridiculous controversy with the VAR and Thiago falling uh falling on the ball how can falling on the ball accidentally really be regarded as a handball i suppose if it influenced the play but it didn't i mean you know when all's said and done uh, short, short of a, an immediate amputation you put your arms down to save yourself don't you that's 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 what happens you you it's a reflex action and if you've just played the ball, I mean, by all means, uh, y- you can see disappointment. I have a lot of time for David Moyes as a manager. I like the man as a, a man anyway. Um, you-, you know, I like the passion that he shows. Uh, but uh, we needed the points and we got them. So I think what we better do yeah. next, if it's OK with you, Rob, uh, just because of the constraints of time. Let's have a look back to what happened on the, uh, the, the at the weekend. So we start with uh, Arsenal and the game against Southampton on the Friday night, which um, you know I watched that one, and I've got to say I thought Southampton uh, they should have really won it. I mean they had it sewn up, uh, but they let Arsenal come back in, and I mean there were people they were like yo-yos going out of the um, the Arsenal Stadium, you know they, they they were they were all leaving, and then suddenly a couple of Arsenal goals in the back end. great, great game
1: Oh that was a good game Wasn't it Vince And uh, uh, Southampton went uh, 2-0, didn't they And uh, Arsenal managed to pull it back Um, And Well The the final goal The goal that drew it I thought Southampton Deserved the win as well to be honest Um, But it was Bukayo Saka Who missed the penalty for Arsenal Last week was going to be the designated penalty taker the next time they get a penalty because um, Arteta um, relies on him and he's got to get his confidence back. But he got a goal in in the 90th minute, which actually drew the match at 3-3. But six goals in a match, um, one point each. It doesn't do anything with any favours, really, because uh, Arsenal lost two points. Southampton need extra points. But yeah, it was a great match.
0: Uh, And then uh, Liverpool were playing Nottingham Forest. Now, that was another very, very interesting game. Uh, I don't think Liverpool really ever looked like they were totally going to lose it. But uh, Forest, you could see the grit and the determination. And uh, I thought we were slightly fortunate to win it. But I thought we did play the game well enough to win it. So, yeah, we we had a, a win against Nottingham Forest. But Forest don't look they don't look a relegated side to me.
1: Oh no, For Forest are fighting. Um as I as I mentioned just previously, uh, right at the uh, business end of the season, if you like, Forest um are recently promoted after I think twenty three years outside of the uh, uh well the first division as it was then or Premier League. They are fighting and um yeah, they they they've got they've got spirit. And it was the first time Diogo Jota, Jota got two goals in for Liverpool um, in that match. And I think it's the first time he scored because he had been out injured for a while. It's the first time he scored for over a year, I think. And I think that will have done his uh, confidence a, well, a lot of good. Mo Salah managed to, well, he got one in. Which he he, he does because he's goal line all the time. But yeah, I but it costs so far. It, right
0: it costs us three hundred and forty-five thousand pounds to get that one in. But never mind. Let's go to uh, <laughs> let's go to a place where goals were in abundance, and that was up at Saint James's Park. The visitors, Spurs, Newcastle, six. Spurs won. We both thought that they'd win. By the way, so we knew Newcastle were likely to win this one. But six one. They call that capitulation anywhere else.
1: Well, that's what we were. What I was talking about well, Spurs earlier on. Spurs seem to have completely lost it. Um, they haven't got a um, a permanent manager. It just seems to be in complete disarray. But six one. I mean, at Newcastle played at home, St James's Park. They 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 are always going to go for hundred percent. But six one. Yeah, it is um, a wipeout, isn't it? And and Spurs had absolutely nothing. So uh, that's why I don't think Spurs are going to uh, do anything. And, Well, for the rest of the season, I can't see Spurs doing anything, but Newcastle, yeah, uh, really good, really on on point they were.
0: okay. just to point out the games that were missed because of the the, uh, FA Cup, Brighton versus Man City, Man United versus Chelsea... Uh, so they could become crucial games as we go to look at what happened when Leicester played Wolves. Um, you thought that it could be a draw. I thought Wolves could have won it. Leicester 2, Wolves 1. Leicester look like there's a bit of fight left in them. Yes, now uh, that Leicester, it was, it was a Midlands derby. But
1: um, Leicester, now they've got Dean Smith as their manager. Um they do look like they've got some fighting them, dirty events. And again, I've got nothing against Leicester in the slightest. I um, said Jamie Vardy. I've always liked Jamie Vardy since he became a well-known player. He scored the equalizer against Leeds. They look like they might be staying up. And uh, we're all in a relegation battle. But Dean Smith taking over at Leicester, um, it's changed them completely.
0: OK, well, you thought that Leeds could go to Fulham and win. I thought it would be a draw. Fulham two, Leeds one. I I don't really like discussing a friend's dismal uh, performance by the team because your face now has turned green and obviously yeah. you you know you need some remedial work doing on your health after the last couple of games. So um, was it as bad as it sounds?
1: Um, we lost against Fulham. Yeah. Um, Leeds don't see that that's one of the problems I, I see with Leeds to be honest, Vince. And uh I'll speak honestly about Michael as I, I generally do. They don't seem to have any fight in them at all. And uh yeah, we 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 really need points at the moment. And uh, yeah, it wasn't my favourite match of the season. I thought we could at least get a draw. I would have been happy with the draw. I think I mentioned last week. I'd have been happy with the draw, but we lost. And uh and Fulham uh, also going Having a drop in form, they're not as good as they were, but they beat us quite well. Yeah, so yeah, Leeds lost again.
0: (laughs) Okay, just looking at the clock and want to make sure we get the predictions in before we go anywhere else. So that's where I'll go next. Um, Because there's so much going on. It's exciting, but at the same time, you know, for example, with Chelsea, uh, it's, it's so difficult to understand. um, you, you know, you don't expect these teams to take such a dip. Liverpool had such a big dip this year, you know. And uh, OK, the injuries. Yes, if you look back on the Guardian article, Liverpool were the worst hit by the injuries. Chelsea, second worst hit. So maybe there's the answer. Right, so but, Arsenal... Uh, you talking about Aston Villarreal, who were doing really badly at the start of the season and
1: now they're in a European place.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, look, we use emery paper to uh, clean things up, don't we? So, you know, that there's nice. got to be a bit of truth in there. Arsenal, um, now, they've got to bounce back after the drubbing at Man City. Uh, they do have Chelsea as their visitors. It's a big London derby. And Frank Lampard will be looking for a different type of performance. Can Chelsea do anything?
1: Right, well, th- this th- this weekend's fixtures, Vince, uh, in the Premier League, they start on Saturday, um, Saturday the 29th of April and finish on the Tuesday the 2nd of May. We're going to be in May in um, a few days' time. And this is the Tuesday 2nd of May match, Arsenal against Chelsea. Now, this is a massive London derby, as you say. And I think Chelsea will go all out, especially under Frank Lampard, to at least get a point because they don't want Arsenal to win the title. Um, they're not going to go um, Chelsea going nowhere but they would like that Arsenal don't win it um, that kind of rivalry I can see this being uh, a 2 all
0: 2-2 two, two. OK well I put 2-1 so uh, we're not far apart it's going to be a difficult game but you know yeah. I just think Arsenal will be smarting uh, poor old Chelsea I look you know They're another of the greats. I don't want them to uh, be in such a dismal uh, situation, especially as I've got friends that are Chelsea fans. But um, anyway, now, look, you've got a trip to Bournemouth. Yes. You've got to do something. Now, can you write to anybody? Uh, Can you send lucky charms? Can you go and see um, some sort of spiritualist healer? What are you going to do? (laughs) Um. I don't know, Vince, because Bournemouth um are fighting to
1: stay up. I think they they aren't numerically safe at the moment, but they're they're confident of the fact that they, they're gonna stay up. Um and Leeds look like they've got nothing left. They look like they they they, they, they play too quickly, to the Leeds. They need a they need a decent midfield. The goalkeeper actually Millier played really well the other night, but Patrick Bamford messed it up for us. But um we've got to get We've got to win this, Vince. I'm going to put it down as a 1 2 to Leeds.
0: Okay. Now, uh, much as I do want you to win, Rob, honestly, I'm not trying to go against your team, but I do think form tells us that Bournemouth should win 2 1. Um, you, you know, I, I've got to try and look at this yeah. without getting too involved. I understand where you're coming from. Um,
1: look, if these go down, Vince, we're going to have a lot to talk about about the
0: championship next season, aren't we? Well, let's think. <laughs> let's think ahead. If that does happen, that's where we'll go because Leeds. Got we'll to look continue. at the positive, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. It, it, listen, the championship is we've neglected the championship a bit, so that could be a development anyway. Um, Brentford yeah, um, they take on Forest. Now, Brentford uh, have always looked a reasonable team this year. Um, They're not going to sort of need the desperation that Nottingham Forest are going to have to go there with. What do you think about this one?
1: Well, Brentford are safe, um, but their recent form has been pretty bad. And Forest are fighting. Um, They're all difficult to call, aren't they? But I think Forest, if they go all out and... uh, I think Forrest could do this. I think Forrest could do this one too.
0: OK, well, I'm going 2-3, so we're on the same page. I just think, from what I've seen, great, great efforts at Liverpool um, and then a win against Brighton. Uh, yeah, I think they can do this one.
1: Bright- I, I hope I hope Forrest stay up, actually, um, because, I say, it's the first time they've been up for donkey's years. I've got a very good friend who's a Forest supporter, as you know, and also their manager. It's the first time that he's actually managed a Premier League team because he brought them up. And so, yeah, so they were under us to start off with.
0: OK. Um, yeah. Uh, Brighton against Wolves. I have no... no... Hesitation in hoping that Brighton do well, but of course, against my team's uh, hitherto inconsistencies, I hope Wolves do a job there because uh, that's a game in hand uh, that they might fall down on. I just think Wolves can win this one 2 1.
1: I've got to do the way around actually, Vince. I think Brighton uh, are wanting to get European place, they're, they're outsiders at the moment. Uh, but... They've had a good season. I think they're going to uh, want to do as much as they can. I've got it down as
0: a 2-1. I think they're a great team and I can see where you're coming from there. But it's just, um, I just have a good feeling about that. And uh, Palace play West Ham. Now, West Ham were up in Mad last night. Uh, They felt that maybe uh, VAR was against them. Um, So, against Palace, it's a a big London derby. Uh, How do you think that one's going?
1: It is a big London derby, isn't it, Vince? And, uh, I think they, well, they're, they're always going to play to win both of them, but I think they're both be happy with the draw, because I think one point each is going to take the one point away from the relegation zone. Uh, Palace have now actually got quite a, a long way away from it, but I can say this has been a 1-1.
0: OK, I can actually see this being a 1-2. The reason why I say that is that West Ham do look a good team. am, um, You know, I thought that we had a hell of a struggle yesterday. So um, we'll see what happens as we go to another London club, Fulham, hosting Man City. Man City can't lose this one. Fulham are going to give them a good game, but uh, Man City can't lose it. What do you think?
1: Well, Man City are in the driving seats at the moment, aren't they, Vince, really? And uh, the way they're playing, um, especially with... uh, De Bruyne and Haaland and that's how you they 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 are the team at the moment. I would say, um, I can't see Fulham doing it either. They'll try, of course they will. They're safe, so they haven't got anything to lose. I think this will be one three to City.
0: I've put down one three, the same score. Leicester take on Everton at a bottom of the table clash. One one for me. I can't see anybody uh, taking too many risks. If I'm honest.
1: Yeah, I would say, I I would like it to be minus two, minus two. Um, Because of the goal difference and that. But Yeah, I I can see this being a draw as well. Um, Leicester have got fighting fight in them, but Everton have got to respond, haven't they? I mean, Everton are in a really difficult situation. So, I've I've got it down as a two-all.
0: Okay, Liverpool take on Spurs. I'm taking nothing for granted here because Spurs... Um, if, got, if anybody's going to lift Spurs to play better, it's going to be Liverpool at Liverpool. Otherwise, um, then, you know, Spurs just won't win uh, one of the Champions League's places. It's as simple as that.
1: Well, yeah, but Spurs are out of the Champions League's place at the moment. They're actually uh, a place below you, aren't they? You're on equal well, points.
0: Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, uh, you know, mathematically, you either could still win it. Uh, that that particular uh, fourth spot. I don't think either yes, will, yes. by the way. But you know, even the Europa League is better than not being in Europe for me. Um, sorry, I don't see it as being uh, a, con- a condemnation because otherwise you're not going to get your European players wanting to come to your clubs. So uh, Liverpool, Spurs, your score, please.
1: Yeah, I was talking about the Europe Europe Conference League, Vince, which is the which is the further one, one down, which no yeah. one, yeah, which nobody wants to get, especially in Spain, they don't. Um But I think, yeah, I I think Liverpool will do this because I, Spurs recently have been, oh, the well, look at them dropping down.
0: Two minutes left. Three one. Three, one, three one to Liverpool, Vince. Two one for me, but uh to be honest with you, it could be unpredictable. It's one that the Bookies would love. Manchester United Villa. Interesting game.
1: Yes, it is actually, isn't it? Because Villa are going really well. They they I think this will be a draw.
0: I think this will be a one all draw. I put down one one. we've got a minute left. Can we get this one in? Newcastle, the form team scoring for fun. Who are the visitors? Southampton very, very strange team on the road. Give us your prediction.
1: I think Newcastle will slaughter than mince actually. um I don't know if to go for a five five or four or five i'll go for, I'll go for a four nil.
0: Okay, well, I've put down 3 1, so we're on the same page. Uh, I, I just feel that um, Newcastle, uh, look, they are. Have, one... you, have you been
1: to St James's Park? You must have been to St James's Park. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what the atmosphere is like there? Wonderful. It's like really Then Southampton coming all the way up from the south coast, bottom place team. Newcastle on fire. Um, we, we, it might be completely, yeah, we might be completely wrong.
0: Southampton might play off, but I doubt it. I saw Southampton play the other night; they weren't bad. So uh, they, I don't think they won that particular game. But uh, when all's said and done, you can't write anybody off at the moment. It's like, um, you know, Spurs going to Anfield. It's the sort of bookies' dream, sort of, or can it be the bookies' nightmare? Don't forget, it was Arsenal that Southampton drew three-three with. So you know, uh, yeah. I don't think you can write any team off at the moment because, quite honestly, I think even though teams are languishing, they're still good teams. I think. Um, I think the bookies are going to have a very difficult time over the weekend. Rob, you've got a minute to finish our podcast today.
1: Well, Vince, um, it was going to the sort of end of the season. I mean, it has been a very interesting season all around, hasn't it? And it, it comes down to the crunch. Um, people say, well, when it goes down to these six-pointers, as they call them, which is where two, two teams in relegation positions need to win, um, the, the, the answer is, why didn't you get more points at the start of the season? But uh, there you go. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's, but it's a brilliant season and we're getting right down into it. And also in the Liga, and I think also in other countries as well,
0: Lovely, Rob. We've just about made to the hour, so uh, the hour comes, and we say goodbye. Have a great week. Uh, catch you next week. Thank you, Rob.
1: My pleasure, right, Vince.